Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And this is the Murder of Grey podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week as we discuss another set of moral and ethical dilemmas that we have found. And this week, we are going to be talking about something that is highly celebrated in the world of media currently, and that is the Dahmer show on Netflix. Actually, it's incredibly popular. A lot of people are watching this. Uh, They feel like they're getting a real insight into who Dahmer was. But is this a bad thing? Should we be careful with how we glorify these killers, these demons amongst men, right? Like these horrible people. And Dahmer was one of the worst. And now he has his own Netflix show. So it's kind of weird. And I did actually watch the whole show so I can talk about that one a little bit later in the episode. But it's just it's a weird concept that we do with media in the in the world. It's not just in the United States, like it's just popular everywhere. Now, we like to glorify things that don't need attention. And I don't know what it is. Is it like us putting ourselves in their shoes, trying to understand the killer, get their motives, see what they're thinking. But we got to also realize it's a show. So not everything is going to be 100%. Not everything is going to be the way it actually was. So are we like, what are we doing here? Right? That's the big question. And it's, it's a really tough area to kind of navigate. Because yeah, I watched it. But at the same time, I didn't want to watch it. But yet I still did. So it's kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's like guilty pleasure kind of stuff, I guess. I don't, it, it's a strange, strange situation. Now, that is with like the, the Dahmer show specifically, which is more of a show show. Uh, they do have a lot of fantastic documentaries on these guys. Uh, the Lost Tape series on Netflix as well is a great one that dives into the minds of the serial killers, their motives, what actually happened, and it's a lot more informative. Uh, whereas things get hyper, you know, hyper realized or kind of blown out of proportion or elaborated on when it comes to making good TV or quote unquote good TV. <laughs> and it's that's kind of where the difference is here. But we see it a lot in media with Dexter with the the Dahmer show with a lot even the glorification of just exorbitant wealth or just garbage tv in general like we love glorifying things that really don't need attention so while that does cover a pretty broad topic of tv we're going to focus in on the glorification of serial killers first on here and if we have time later then we can maybe touch on some of those other topics as well but what is your initial gut reaction to tv whenever you see oh like oh there's a story of this one killer that was on the loose and blah 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 and they you know have some interviews with them and like do you 
gravitate to it? Is it something that you instantly want to watch or curious about? Like, how do you feel about them? I don't know what's up with Netflix and their hard on for this kind of stuff. Cause I'm, I just re- remembered there is that Zach Efron movie where he was Ted Bundy. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And I mean, that was Ted Bundy's thing was he was very attractive and charismatic. But I remember when it came out, people were like, wow, he was really hot. All this kind of stuff. And I'm like, <sighs> it's Ted Bundy. Like, <laughs> right. Like that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I was always fascinated about serial killers. I wrote about them in high school um, for psychology class. And I think English class, I had to do a topic. And I picked certain serial killers that I found fascinating because I was edgy and in high school. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dahmer was one of them. You know, I was Dahmer, Ed Jean. And I can't remember the other. Uh, for people out there who don't know, Ed Jean is the basically the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one with human oh, flesh carved right. over furniture and stuff. Um, it's for me. I've always had a morbid curiosity. You know, I've never wanted to go out and actually commit these things. You know, obviously not. I always found it interesting what a human can do to another human, and. I used to look at websites like, you know, back in the day, there was Orgish and Rotten.com where you could see the like Pain Olympics. Pain Olympics. You could see people being crushed or, you know, Live Leak when it was around. Or I think now it's chaotic, you know, where you can watch people get like a forklift run over them, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, it's fucked that, up. What was that VHS type that went around before all those? I remember my mom talking about it at one point, and it was just that it was like snuff films. But there was a tape that went around in circulation. So there was a tape, I think, in the 70s or 80s that went around the UK, and it was called a a naughty film or a nasty film. And basically, (laughs) it was like the first bestiality. But vhs was snuff i never really heard of it being passed around i know there was like the unknown russian soldier that was a big one i can't remember what this tape was called because i remember i found it and i wanted to watch it and my mom was like absolutely not because apparently she watched it and she's like you're not watching this and i come to find out it was actually like videos of real people being killed and like getting decapitated. Maybe the faces murdered. of death. That sounds that's like what, what it, it is. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, for people that are very interested in this kind of stuff and want to be kind of disturbed, highly recommend looking up disturbing movie iceberg. Um, I've done it. Weirdly enough, I've seen more than half of the movies on it. Uh, just because <laughs> like I said, I was very into that kind of stuff. As I was sick and twisted, um, I don't recommend it for people out there that have an easy stunt. Like, you know, people out there will watch a horror movie and they'll be like, oh, I can handle this. But it's like, it's different when you start getting lower on that iceberg, you know, horror movies turn from human centipede kind of junk or Serbian film to like basically it comes down to either like very hardcore rough porn or it goes into Mm -hmm. the 
is this actually snuff? Um, and right. some of them are, you know, like Faces of Death, it it shows things in it. Um, shockumentaries. Uh, there are Mando films. Um, I was always interested in them. I know we're kind of diverging from the topic, but Mando films are interesting. They're documentaries about death and quite a lot of them are real. Um, and that's, it's interesting when you look at stuff like the Dahmer show where it's like glorified killer versus Mm -hmm. these more obscure horror or not horror, but disturbing films that are more realistic and, even though when you think about it, they're both the same kind of topic, mm-hmm. the same kind of death happens in them, but people are going to be more grossed out by these more realistic looking snuff films versus a Hollywood glorified Netflix special. You know, it's, it, it's different. Um, for me, I think, when you make a Hollywood movie or, you know, a movie like Dahmer or not movie, but show mm-hmm. it's, you can do a lot of good with it by, you know, raising awareness to tragic events that happened, you know, say the funding you get from making it, you could donate half of it to the families. You know, you could do a lot of good with this kind of stuff. Or, you know, things are going to go where people are, like, weirdly into the person. Or, you know, some people, I mean, this is very little, but some people might be motivated by it. You know, I don't don't like saying television corrupts people because I think people that say games corrupt people are stupid. So, that kind of argument's a little different for me. I think just media corrupting people is bull. It's, the person's already there. Exactly. using it as a crutch. Yeah. And it's, for me, I look at it like none of this stuff really disturbs me, but I think if I wanted to get a better understanding, I want a more realistic approach to the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And while a stylized envisioning of it where someone plays the killer as an actor can be interesting. It, it takes away the vile evil personality that that killer had, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes it where, you know, it's Evan Peters, right? Or Peter Evans. I forget. It, it's one of those, the yeah. guy who did Dahmer. Um, I think Evan Peters, he's a great actor. I, I loved his, roles in American Horror Story and I think he's a fantastic actor. You know, I think he probably played this role very well. Yeah, I haven't seen the show well. too much. I've yeah, seen he, just a little bit. He played it too well <laughs> in and, my opinion. So I mean all he ever does is horror. So I mean for me to think about it, I'm like, yeah, he would probably be perfect at this. But it when you watch it, you're kind of like I don't know about you, but sometimes in horror movies, I almost root for the killer because it's more fun to see them go after the people. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem with this kind of stuff is that some people might find it where they're like 
rooting for the underdog, which is the killer. It sounds stupid, but I've seen people talk like that. And I know Twitter and message boards is not a good example of people, but it's still a person saying that crap. And, you know, people, if one person's saying it, you know, there's got to be at least five people. There's got to be at least 10 people, you know, it's. And with message boards, there's the anonymity behind it. So they're saying their real thoughts. Exactly. And to me, I, uh, I've been watching the confessions of a killer, uh, the Gacy Mm. tapes, which is the, the clown guy. Um, and apparently after his checking Netflix, they released a confessions of the killer for Dahmer, which I think I'm going to watch because I really, really like how they do their, their show. It's not glorifying the killer at all. It, it has their confession tapes playing, you know, and they kind of do a timeline of all the events. And it's interesting. Like anybody who wants to watch, um, like serial killer thing, uh, that hasn't seen the Gacy tapes, Highly recommend it. It's, I really like how it's done. It's very interesting. Um, I was always interested in because I hate clowns. And I remember when I went to the Museum of Death in LA, there was a good section on him. And I thought his section was so interesting and disturbing compared to the rest of the museum that I always wanted to learn more about him. And I always thought he killed people as a clown, but no. The clown thing was just him at parties. Yeah, that was just his job, wasn't it? it not it, not even that. He was a, a contractor. He was just oh. a clown for like political party uh, get-togethers and barbecues and stuff. He was very like uh, like volunteer stuff, and he would dress up as a clown for like uh, fundraising. Yeah. So it wasn't even his job. Um, but he felt comfortable as a clown, you know, out of his own skin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about a show like that, they don't glorify him at all. They make him look, you know, vile. They make him look bad. They don't, they're, well, they're not trying to, it. Yeah. they're not trying to make you somewhat sympathize with a killer. You know, it's like sometimes you watch movies based on a killer and, they always have to add certain parts and then make you want to sympathize with them. And yeah, I get it. We're all humans. We're all people. And, you know, a killer can sit there and be like crying over killing somebody. But it's like at the end of the day, if they end up killing more people, what's the point of showing that? Like why, yeah. why try to make them seem human? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, I think that's I think my big issue with the Dom or with the Dahmer show itself is that they're trying to humanize him too much. Like yeah. they're constantly trying to remind you that oh he was a disappointment to his family. Oh he his loved ones leave him, or he feels like he's being abandoned because he's misunderstood his entire life. And maybe if someone had just you know reached out to him when he was younger, this could have been fixed or some bullshit like that. Like there's even a throwaway line. Um, during one of the confessions, uh, whenever he's in jail, where they bring up the story of Ed Gein, actually, and mm-hmm. they start talking about it. And Dahmer says, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I read it in a comic book when I was a kid. 
And his dad flips out trying to give the reason why his son is messed up is because of this comic book. And comic books are now evil. And, you know, like just trying to really put a reason behind the madness when there doesn't need to be. And I think that's kind of like the big problem with these shows is that we're trying to put a reason behind the actions for the person. Like what caused him to break and go against society? Well, he just was that way. He was sexually attracted to gore from, and that's just him, right? That's just his brain chemistry. Nothing made him sexually attracted to gore. It just happened to be that way. Like, sorry. I, it, it's, it's a weird thing. And it, they, they did that a lot. Like, even in his first kill, you brought it up, like, watching the killer cry over someone's death. Supposedly, the story goes in, at least how they portray it in the show, he was trying to drug this guy and he took a drink from the wrong drink and it ended up drugging himself. And so he forced himself to stay awake long enough to re-drug the person's drink, get them to pass out. Next thing you know, this the scene cuts to them both waking up in bed and you see Dahmer's hands are all bruised up. And so like he wakes up and looks at the guy and you see that the guy's chest is completely caved in. Like he punched and broke every single, like his sternum, everything, like crushing his chest completely. And Dahmer starts freaking out, crying about it, trying to perform CPR and all that. It's like, no, like you are drugging this guy. And he's been drugging people for so long and known for drugging people that he's been kicked out of every bathhouse in the area. He's no longer allowed to go there to any of them. And like he's like he's a bad guy. So why are we putting this sympathetic like note on these things? Because shortly after that, it just went to straight bring guys to your apartment and then hit them over the head with a hammer. Like it was a very short transition between, oh my god, I killed someone, I'm gonna cry about it too. Well, I guess I might as well just keep doing it, right? It just mm-hmm. it there there was no like I don't know where they got that that scene from whether it's straight from Dahmer's mouth if it's something that he in like retold that way to kind of get some sort of some I don't know the reason but I know that Dahmer really loved the attention like he loved reading about himself in the papers uh, that's all he wanted to do and it's just it's kind of weird so like if it does come from Dahmer himself how that story went down or how that situation went down or his first kill I I don't know. It seems it seems a little far fetched and a little too out there and out of character for him. But it was just their way of trying to make us sympathize with the killer before things start really ramping up. Uh, but the yeah, it's it's just kind of gross. I, I I don't think that we really need to put a reason behind it. Like he's just a bad man. And what I like about some of these other documentaries, like you mentioned with the the Gacy tapes, like they don't try and humanize this person they don't try and justify their actions they let you know what his actions were and it does give you a little bit more of a i guess like a warning or like red flags to kind of look out for but the scary thing is and probably the scariest thing and maybe the most infatuating thing about serial killers is you really don't know like that these people's their daily life did not portray the actions that they were committing. Like you don't know what they're doing at night, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. So 
no matter how many shows, documentaries, things like that come out, there's no way of really knowing the true motivations and how someone's really thinking without actually getting into their head. And we don't have that technology. We're not going to be able to do that. Right? Like it's, it's just kind of a strange thing. I mean, it would be nice if that, uh, what was that movie? Swim fan. It, yeah. It would be nice if everybody had paintings in their house, like in the movie swim fan guarantee people don't know this or probably don't remember this, but, or even remember that movie, <laughs> but there's a, there's a scene in the movie where the, the, killer basically shows up at the house and he has a at the house there's a painting on the wall that is like a digital painting and it reads the mood of the room by measuring your heart rate by like just kind of scanning the room i guess and it Hmm. changes the painting based on your mood and as soon as the guy walked in it turned all red and fire and evil right like if we had that kind of technology everywhere, cool. That'd be nice to know, actually, when someone's horribly pissed off at time. <laughs> but we don't have that. So the closest thing we have are these shows and these documentaries. And when we make them people or try and sympathize with them and make them human again, like it, are we really doing the victims justice by humanizing these killers? I think another thing is too is that it doesn't feel like the character was ever real right Mm -hmm. like they make these shows so people can be like oh my god that's what they did that's messed up but a lot of people are gonna watch it and just look at it like any other show they're gonna be like you know they're they're gonna take away the name from it and they're just gonna be like this is like any other horror movie this is gonna be like friday the 13th yeah, right? it's going to desensitize just, his actions. Like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Dahmer's popular enough to the point where people will be like, yeah, he was a real person. But for maybe killers that aren't as big as him when movies come out and people don't do their research, they're going to just or they're just going to watch it and it won't be. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word. It, it won't be as powerful of a message because it just doesn't seem realistic, mm-hmm. I guess, because there's just nothing real about it other than you reenacting these scenes. But I don't know. I mean, that's why I like those, the, the show with the interviews in it, because at least it, it catches you in their mind, right? Like it, they paint the picture how the person was before their killings and stuff like that. But when you hear these people talk, it it paints a different story. It mm-hmm. it makes you think, why did they do that, or why are they like that? And it's just it's interesting. Like it it's truly weird. Um, yeah. you know, I, from their mouth, it's not an interpretation. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always into this kind of stuff. I mean, I love the Museum of Death. I think it's anybody like in LA or SoCal region, like that wants a very interesting and different experience in the museum. I highly recommend that place because it's so different. You know, you your first room you go into, it's tools of death. So it's like all the different ways people could die or like like mortician stuff, like how people were like, embalmed and then you go into one room that's all dedicated to manson 
they have their gacy wall like they have like all these killers and i don't want to say it's like glorifying them i mean it, it's a display you know it has newspaper clippings it has everything like they the people that made that museum have a very extensive collection mm-hmm. of stuff. They even have Heaven's Gate stuff, which is interesting. Like it, oh, wow. It's a fascinating place. I mean, towards the end of it, it gets kind of weird because a Gigi Allen statue is there. And mm. I mean, that's kind of really a random departure from everything else there. But it's a really cool place. And it makes you... It... <sighs> it makes that stuff feel more real. And as a person that is desensitized from seeing a lot of images and videos of stuff on the internet, you know, it's, I want to, I want things to be more real without actually like being there, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess that's a way to put it. Like, at least interviews feel more real than someone recreating a scene. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to watch the real scene actually happen. You know, like no, back in the day, I would have been like, yeah, I'll watch it. But I mean, nowadays, no, like I just, I don't no. know. I, I will say that there is one good thing about the Dahmer show that I actually appreciated that they did. And it gave a life to the victims like it actually gave their names it gave like uh you know uh, some deep like showing of the family the love from the family Mm -hmm. that or that were involved in it uh specifically the uh the deaf man who you know unfortunately passed away from Dahmer, but like he it was it was really interesting and really moving to see these families or even the the asian boys family where he abducted a 14-year-old Asian boy as his boyfriend for a while and kept him drugged up in the house. But, and, like, it it showed a lot of that. And I do really appreciate the showing the victim side of it more. The damages that were done to not just, you know, the, the victims themselves, but the victims' families. And then it really went into the social movement that happened because of Dahmer. And I, I don't really want to attribute it to Dahmer himself because it, it feels wrong to attribute something so impactful to a man that horrible and heinous. And it's sad that something that horrible had to happen for the conversation to really move in the right direction. But the cops were called constantly on Dahmer for this constant screaming, the sounds coming out of his apartment, the smells of death and rot that were coming out of his apartment into the neighbors. And every time someone called, the cops said the same thing, we'll send someone out tomorrow, we don't have anyone tonight. And the reason why they did that is because Dahmer picked a, a black neighborhood. It was an impoverished area that the cops just didn't really care about and they ignored everything. Like the cops even saw Dahmer with his 14 year old boyfriend out in the street and the boy, the boy was drugged and drunk, like passed out basically on the sidewalk and did nothing. Dahmer was like, oh, he's just not feeling good. Let me get him inside. The cops didn't ask a single question, even though they were called to investigate this child being abducted and drugged. And they're like, oh, yeah, just get back in the house. It's fine. Like They didn't do anything about it. So one of the great things that did end up happening once Dahmer was actually caught 
uh, was uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson became involved in the case itself and um, actually was able to skew it and uh, into more of a social movement where we need better representation. We need the cops to actually be listening. The cops need to be reprimanded for the actions that they did not perform uh, for not actually doing their job. And the co- some of them, uh, the cops were actually suspended due to their poor performance. Uh, it was it became kind of a big deal there, which was huge. And I do really appreciate seeing that side of the story. That was actually more interesting to me. Unfortunately, that was like the last episode of the entire thing where I was like, oh, finally, something like that feels more important than watching Dahmer drink blood and get off. Right. Like it. I don't know. It, <laughs> that's I mean, that's in one that's in one of the episodes. It happens. He works at a blood bank and steals blood, pours it on himself and gets off. It's like, OK, good for you, I guess, while you sleep with your mannequin. I, I don't know, man. Like. I, I, I wanted to, I didn't care about him. I don't want to know about Dahmer. I want to feel for the victims and remember the victims for their what happened to them. And I feel like that's one of the areas that always gets forgotten whenever we do these reenactments, when we have these shows, even whenever it's a documentary, it doesn't focus much on the families. Like, yeah, there's interviews with the families, but it doesn't really humanize the victims themselves. It doesn't create that sympathy that I think is necessary for these kind of situations because that's much more important. Like, why are we glorifying this killer when we should be remembering the victims? And I think that's much a much stronger message to come across. But it's, but that's of course that's not playing to people's desire for the macabre, right? For the the disturbing things and just people want to see gore. They want to see sex. They want to see these kind of things. They don't want to be to have the victim's faces put up in their face and like basically shoved it down their throat. Right. Because some people would compare it to that where they would rather absorb this evil. Right. And I think it's, it, it's a tough thing to really like take in and accept, but I don't know. I, I, I do that. I will say that is the one thing that I really enjoyed about the show was getting to know the victims, the real people and hearing some of the dreams that they had, like one wanted to be a dancer and he was, you know, going to school for it. And, you know, it's just, and like hearing those stories get cut short, that had more meaningful impact than actually seeing them just being killed by Dahmer. So. Yeah. If I want to watch people getting killed, I'll just watch another horror movie, you know, like exactly. It's the season. And I've been watching some good horror movies, but you and know, Hellraiser just came out. Whoa. <laughs> I, dude, I'm almost done with it. I have to stop. Oh, is it good for this? Yes, I got <laughs> okay. like 15 minutes left. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people are giving it shit because it's a female Hellraiser, but you know what? Fuck that shit. Like it's who cares? It's cool. There were pl- what are they called again? The Xenobites or whatever. Yeah, there's a fe- there's been multiple female Xenobites. So They're supposed to be like non-binary, I think. yeah. But all these people good, are getting the point. mad. Yeah, but dumb. whatever, <laughs> it's cool. I like it. You know, I think Hulu is doing really well with their originals. Like, first there was Fresh, 
which is fantastic. I think it's up there for one of my favorite horror movies this year. Um, the Nurse Prey, which was Prey's really great. good. Prey's good. Um, Hellraiser is good. I like it. You know, I'm trying to. I know there was another horror movie on Hulu, but I'm I can't think of it. But they're doing really well. And um, I know we're jumping around here, but yeah. I uh, was able to get like free 30 days for Shutter, and oh, I've nice. been really enjoying that. And like, there's so many good horror movies right now. Like the Bloomhouse stuff is actually really good too. It's it feels like the indie side of horror, so you get some interesting stories. Yeah. I uh I watched Speak No Evil the other night and that was pretty cool. It was uh it was pretty dark. Uh very interesting idea. Yeah. Um I recommend it. I think it's good. You know, it's not in your face murder, but it's it's a thriller, I guess you could say. But uh the, the movie ritual I have on, on Netflix is actually interesting. Which one? Check that out. The ritual? That one's on Netflix. Oh, it's it, like an Asian horror film, but it does something really weird with its like the way it's filmed, mm-hmm. where it forces you to be a part of the ritual, which is weird. Oh, yeah, like you have you end up doing it subconsciously, and you're like, shit. <laughs> so, like, That's kind of cool. Do that. Yeah, it was. It's very different. It's very different. It's a slow burn. It's not like exciting, exciting, but it was a very different concept that I thought was interesting. So definitely worth a watch, I would say. I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some I have lined up. Black Phone, I want to check out. I, I still mm-hmm. want to see X. I feel like I've heard mixed things about it. Yeah, um, that one seems a little weird, but yeah. Yeah. And then uh, one thing I will say with Shutter, if you like found footage movies, it has some of the best on it. Um, but I know those can be really hit or miss. You know, shaky yeah. cam shit kind of sucks. But new VHS movie soon. So oh god, that first one messed me that, up. <laughs> yeah, that first one's kind of gnarly. But yeah. um, I love October. You know, it, spooky season's cool and. Um, and I see when horror movies are, they're, well, not real. You know, it's imagined and could be based off of real stuff. But, but yeah. it, some of them have just like a really interesting story to tell, which I think is really nice. Or they'll use like folklore from some mm-hmm. region that you've never heard of to tell an interesting story. And I find that stuff really compelling and interesting to watch. Uh, and it's just a different way of telling a story, right? And it, I mean, when I was a kid, I was deathly afraid of horror movies. Couldn't watch them at all. And then I desensitized myself <laughs> by forcing huh. myself to watch as many horror movies as possible in one summer. I think it was like 120 different horror movies in one summer, which is Damn. ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it de- desensitized me to them and then made me kind of appreciate the brand itself and that genre of film where we now watch horror movies constantly but yeah it is spooky month so we're always on the lookout for something good and i think this is a really good like kickoff to halloween and october is talking about these killers and the new Dahmer show i mean it can it it, it coincided with october so it's a little too perfect for that one but it's uh, it, there's going to be a lot of interesting topics with that that kind of come along with 
not just horror movies in general, but Halloween with some of the pagan rituals and things like that. Like there's a lot that goes on in October that can be discussed, and which I think will be really interesting. So hmm. I'm looking forward to Halloween and what other things we might cook up for spooky month. And on that note, that's going to do it for us this week. So thank you guys so much for listening in. And we will talk to you all next week with our next set of moral and ethical dilemmas that might scare you. It might entice you, it might intrigue you, but who knows? We'll see. And if the, you guys want to reach out to us or you have your own dilemmas or have anything that you want us to tackle, I haven't really said this in a while. We are open to any sort of discussions that you want. Uh, find us on socials. It's Murder of Grey on Instagram. We also have a Discord channel for the Cubeverse itself, which is it has both of our shows, Glitch Cube and Murder of Grey, a part of that. So join in that conversation. Send us your would you rathers or just you know find some friends to talk to you about some messed up things <laughs> in hmm. a safe environment of course uh but yeah anyway we'll talk to you guys next week so bye for now